Dear Cosmo Babies, on this week's episode, we have a very special guest with us, Mahela Penson from Portland, Oregon. We are going to be chatting about all things hair education related, curls, and how to become an educator in this industry, which is one of our favorite conversations. I'm your host, Annie MacArthur, and I have my very special co-host with me today, Alicia Dotson. And let's just jump right into it. Welcome, Mahela. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. I would love to, to get started and just have you introduce yourself really quickly, a little bit of your background and how you got into the industry. Absolutely. Yes, my name is Mahela Penson. I started my career here in Portland. For me, hair was a journey of figuring out, am I going to do the academic route or am I going to follow my passion? Because I grew up being an academic. I was always in AP classes, AP math classes, finished all my math my junior year in high school. And I was even advanced when it came to college. So I was excited about college, but during my time at Oregon State, I was a psych major, I realized that this long path of schooling and getting degrees wasn't quite the right life path for me, especially once I started getting those bills. Uh So I was like, (laughs) let me like turn it inward. So when I left college, I actually went and worked for Netflix for three years. I did tech support for Netflix. This was in the beginning of streaming. They had an office here in Oregon and I taught a Americans how to stream and now how hilarious is that but I was oh my gosh and I say it that way because at Netflix there was no phone tree so if you called back then you got right in and it was us just hello no script we just walked people through it so all that to say that during my time at Netflix I worked around a bunch of just really smart amazing people who had degrees but weren't doing what they loved And I was at that time contemplating going back to school. And I realized, no, I'm going to follow my passion. It's always been hair. And to now be in the industry for eight years, I've been educating for three years. I mean, it all plays a part in it. It's like a puzzle piece. And Uh I see education was always a value of mine, but it was just the traditional route wasn't for me. And, And this feels like the right path. Oh, I love that. That's like such an amazing story. Like it's always awesome to hear how you just how people get you find it and Mm -hmm. do you feel like it was just always there like just always here being where you was here in your world or in your space at all yeah okay Yeah, it was so in my world. So my childhood best friend, we grew up on the same street since we're seven. We're still friends to this day. She would come over to my house in the morning before we go to the school bus and I would straighten her hair and get her ready. And that was just like part of our routine. I was always the person doing everyone's hair, doing haircuts in my bedroom. I would line my brothers up. It was just a part of what I did, but it was so normal to me that I didn't realize that it was a specific skill. And even though people on me to do it. It just didn't click because I feel like growing up in the suburbs, it's like you just go to school, especially me. I graduated in 2010. Like that was a specific time where everybody, it was just, you go to school and it was right before Uh we really started exposing what student loan debt actually looks like. It was Uh just like, So that was, that's my generation and my time. And then I felt like as well with hair, there was an idea that had slipped my mind. Um, it'll come back to me. But when it comes to hair, oh, yeah. 
It's the obvious one. <laughs> Growing up in the suburbs as well, hair was a problem because my parents, they did a great job of taking me into salons and getting my hair done. My mom is Pacific Islander. My dad is black, but I felt like they knew, okay, we're going to take her to the black salon. But what would happen is I would get relaxers and my hair was not strong enough to fight against the relaxer. So there was just always hair issues for me. And it reminds me of the tone I take now in parenting, where instead of saying to my son, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's what problem do you want to solve? And so for me, this all makes sense. This is the problem I'm solving because I dealt with it my whole life. Yeah. Do you feel like you didn't automatically go into the professional beauty industry because it wasn't something that was an option for you? Or was it something that you really loved, but didn't think that it was going to be a good career path and wanted to go to college instead? Yeah, I felt like it was the first. I felt like it didn't even feel like an option at all. And it took me living life as an adult to realize, oh no, like this, I can make money off of this. This is the path to take. A home that I mostly grew up in because I went back and forth between my mom and my dad. My stepfather was a network engineer. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. We lived in a cul-de-sac. So in that environment and seeing my mom stay at home, And I was like, I don't want to stay at home. I want to work. And the only path of working was going to college. That's what I felt. Mm, Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it was such a revelation, like I said earlier, to be out in the working world and be like, oh, okay, no, like this can't be me. I can't live like this. So yeah, it took me some life experience to find hair. Yeah. I love... I love that specific part of conversations and part of people's journeys because something about Alicia's journey that I really love is that it was something that was like right in the beginning. That is the career path that Alicia went into. And I think that it's such a nice thing to see that it's like, it can be something you can do automatically. Like with Alicia's, she was already managing salons like (laughs) before you and I were probably even thinking about (laughs) doing hair. Like Alicia was like doing all of it. And so I think it's so important to talk about that. And for some people, you do have to experience life before you understand that is what you are being called to do. Yeah. For some people, it's right away. Like that is the option. Yeah. I would love for you to speak more to because coming from, I did go automatically into it. I was on the whole medical background. I was the academia, that whole, having the conversation with my mom that I'm going to go in the air was like tragic for her. Cause she was like, Oh my God, you're a straight A student. You, what are you doing? It was not looked upon as this career because yeah. it was, you're so quote unquote smart and you have all of the academic So could you speak more to that? Because I think most people think of hairstylists as only creative. Yeah. They only use this side of their brain that's just, we're playing with like hair all the time from the time we're three. So could you speak more to that? Like how was your journey into the hair world coming from that academia? Like that very, yeah. It is. It's so interesting. Firstly, I totally respect your journey. I always wonder about the people like you. I'm like, how did 
And what would it look like if I started like that? So a lot of respect there. As far as for me switching off that academic brain, I do think that what was hard for me and where I had to put the blinders up is with my peers, because I'm friends with a lot of people I grew up with and they went that corporate route. My friends are engineers. They work at Nike. We're in Nike town and it's a totally different lifestyle. And I had to, and I continue to accept that I have chosen entrepreneur path because I can handle it because of how smart I am. Mm-hmm. And because of the way I approach hair, other hairstylists call me the nerdy technical one. And they're like, we're yeah. so it's just you have we're the to- same. <laughs> You know, exactly. You you have to be so sure of yourself and what does success look like for you and just accept it for what it is. Because I do think there's a transition and we all have imposter syndrome and voices that we have to quiet. That's been the biggest thing for me as an academic coming into the space. And I think with education, I get to utilize that book smart brain of mine to communicate with others how to do the thing that I love. So it's a perfect marriage of all of the qualities that I have and that all of us have. You have to find it individually for you. Mm-hmm. I think it it really shows the pathway of your journey. It makes so much sense of why you became an educator in the industry Absolutely. and how you've been able to build this like huge education following on social media that makes a lot of sense because I think a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people understand fully what it takes to be an educator in this industry, which is why I'm so excited to have Alicia as my co-host on this episode, because I, it's something that I I definitely want to talk about all the time, because I know from personal experience, like when we go into cosmetology school, okay, what do you want to do? Are you going to work behind the chair? Or you become an educator. Those are the two options thrown at you until you really know more and are exposed to more in the industry. And some of the times it's only behind the chair. Like you go into work in a salon and that's it. And that's where you stop. And so I would love to delve into that path of what did that look like for you? How did you become so grounded in the space that you are with teaching and and grow into the, from my point of view, huge education platform that you have now? Yeah, I agree. Thank you. I really appreciate that because in building it up, when you have a mission in your heart, it's, I love what I'm doing and I make sure to practice gratitude, but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't doing this for a long time. So I really appreciate that. As far as how it got to this point, I think back to 2020, I always had this vision that I wanted to be an independent educator. I just felt inside of me that would work out well for me. Another part going back to my childhood, my mom, we had, there was three little brothers. So in the summertime, my mom would be tired and she would like, I need you to help me keep these boys entertained. And I would set up a mini classroom for them, print out work, make little (laughs) lessons. They were tired of me, but I would be putting on (laughs) getting them direct. So it all makes sense. So when 2020 happened and there was just such a rumbling in the world of civil issues and everyone was thinking about their natural hair more and it was very Mm -hmm. focused, what we can do at home and all of the sorts. Again, that problem solving came up. And so I love and appreciate that you said grounded because during that time of 2020, I was very grounded. I was in a really great space in my faith. I was doing yoga and I just felt like I rose to the occasion from a mindful place and I was 
slowly just watched it naturally grow and become what it is now. And I always push myself to remember that it's not about me. It's about being able to touch the people who are in the class, including the model and having that transcend past class. And so it's not, it's a nuance, but for me, that's what keeps me moving through the space and humbled by the journey. Because when I get one person from class who was like, Hey, you said something you communicated in a way and it stuck with me. Or I love when people say you, you speak to the way my brain thinks. And I'm like, yes, because I don't expect you to be a curly specialist, but if I can make you understand something that you didn't understand before, and it helps that future client, like we're going to, it keeps moving. So that's honestly where my place is. I love that. I love that. And I feel like you do, I have to say, I think you create this safe space just online, just from just period for people to feel like they can absorb it and learn it and allow themselves to learn and see something differently. So I think that's amazing what you do. It's just, and that's what we need, right? I think educators, it's just, you want to be able to create a space for everybody to be able to Mm -hmm learn the way they need to learn. And I think you do an amazing job of that. So how do you, what is your process usually? Do you feel like there is more of this hunger? Speak more to the, what birthed this, just educate, like wanting to educate more and create more of this platform. Do you feel like it was a a hunger that you were seeing that was, or a void that was happening? Yeah. So really great question. Me having trained in the precision space and working with my mentor, Mike Varela of the Kingly Group, Mm -hmm. former Sassoon educator. He's also a Latino man and learning from him specifically, knowing that he left Sassoon and he's traveled all over the world. I love his approach. And in loving his approach, I realized, wow, like you are so unique. And he follows that strict code of Sassoon. But at the same time, for me, I'm like, there's still some things that aren't being touched here because even though he's a unique educator and mentor for me, I don't see anybody who looks like me in that precision space, nobody with my hair. And I don't see any of models with my hair styled, how I would actually wear it. When we see precision haircutting on textured hair, it's usually a mannequin that's been permed or it's completely froed out and editorial. I don't see any, or it's not a full tighter coarse curl like myself. So I'm just like, but this language can speak to the texture. Someone just has to be shown the way and representing it. And so it was a long like journey because I I am being so uh, subservient to like education and like foundation. That's all super important to me. And I refer to my mentor as my sensei. This is to me, I love traditional values. So I really respect it. And it took us years of working together for him to say, I hear how you're talking about it. I see what you're doing and I condone it. And I was like, woohoo, you know, (laughs) 
Um, for me, that was really important because not only am I just so passionate about texture, but I want to be ethical and I want that I want to know that the information I'm delivering is top tier. Mm-hmm. I have students in my class of, of 20 plus years experience and then fresh out of beauty school. And I want to make sure that I'm delivering the message in a way that's concise to the point and technically sound. And that was really because I've been so inspired by the precision space. And rather than being like, okay, I don't know, bashing the industry for not representing. One of my mentors also told me, if something's bothering you and you're looking at other people like, why are you doing this, this? It means that you've got it inside of you to show up and solve the problem. And that's what I'm trying to do. Exactly. I feel the same way. I'm all like, (laughs) yeah, that is exactly the way I feel. I feel the same I feel the same way. I think it's such a, I think that was something that probably came up in 2020. Specifically, we could probably just go to that time period where a lot of people were reflecting. And I think that was the thing that I thought as well. You have two choices here. You can choose to look at something and really dissect the negative, or you can really, I believe that it, it, whenever something's bothering you, that's usually where your purpose is. If you see something that makes you like, this makes me uncomfortable. I have a problem with this. That's where your purpose is. And there's a positive way to do it. And I think you, I, that is, you absolutely exude that. And I, I was just sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What would you say? So moving into, do you feel like with the curls and with texture specifically, do you feel like that was something that evolved, like going more into that independent educator versus going with a brand or something like that? What, how did you find yourself yeah. getting there? So in 2017 to 28, actually maybe 2017 to 2019 or so, I worked for Amika. I worked for Amika and I did product knowledge. I was somewhere in between product knowledge and like marketing. I went to trade shows and I love working with the brand. But another thing that I got from my mentor is I'm going everywhere and I'm the brand and I'm speaking mm. language and that just wasn't right for me. And so I wanted to be an independent. I also feel like I know that with the way that I approach haircutting, I'm talking to a specific audience of folks folks who speak that precision language or who want to expand on a technical foundation because it's not for everybody. Some folks want to lean heavier into intuitive and whatnot. So slowing things down and being technical. And to me, it's so important. And I didn't want a brand's influence on that. When it comes to product as well, I'm not brand loyal I love the brands that I work with, but I don't stick with one. I don't like to limit myself or my Mm -hmm. clients or students in that way. I also want, with it being Curls Unlock, I want to remain very translatable. Just yesterday, I was in a small salon in Seattle. They had a whole different brand landscape than what I use. And I said, okay, I'm looking for a product that does this. Hand me that. I'm looking for this. Hand me this. And I said, look at what I've created. This is product I've never worked with before. And this is a consistent result because of what the foundation I'm calling upon, what I know I'm looking for. And I like that freedom that comes with not having a brand. That's just for me. And then this left brain group, I don't know if we want to jump to agency talk, but... 
Yeah. So, go, go with it. Yeah. Get into it. Get into it. Yeah, no, this is something else I feel strongly about for my lifestyle right now. So for anybody who's listening or as you're looking at what your life lifescape looks as a stylist, I have an eight-year-old son. He goes to his dad's on the weekends. So I have a co-parent every weekend he goes to dad's, but throughout the week, I, my normal day is waking up to get him to school, going to work. Then when I come home, I make sure that I'm home when he gets home from the bus, take him to his activities, prepare lunch. And then on the weekends, I'm maybe picking up clients or educating. And that includes travel, packing all of my stuff, communicating with salons, at a certain point, especially with, and thank God for it, the growth that I had in education, I said, I need help. I cannot do all of this on my own. Within the salon that I worked at that time, when I signed with the friend group, I was also managing my own little suite. So keeping up with inventory, your books, this, it's so you don't even bookkeeping taxes. So it got to the point where I said, in order to be able to be efficient and show up and give these salons my all, I need some hands in this. And so very organically, the relationship with Aaron, the owner of the left brain group began. And I really love how we built relationship because I believe we had a conversation maybe in the beginning of February in 2021. And then throughout the that year, I went on to put together the classes myself, maintain communication with Erin. She would help promote my classes. And we weren't explicitly working together, but we were building a relationship, seeing where we fit in and built the trust. And then that winter time, we decided to go all the way in and I became a left brain group artist officially. Mm -hmm. So for me, or if you're like, I'm not sure where that fits, I say, take your time and explore. If you have that option, look at the system that you're already creating and look at your quality of life for God's sakes, just because we're entrepreneurs, you need that team. You need someone to help you. And maybe it's just for a season. It doesn't have to be forever. But Mm -hmm. when I look at my numbers, I do see the value. I was doing a lot on my own, but what I gained from having an agency is a little bit of more time to live my life. And the luxury of showing up and everything has been arranged and all you have to focus on is the content. And that's most important. And with an agency like Left Brain Group, there is no hands in the content and they're always available. If I'm like, hey, I want to do this. What do you think that would look like? Can you help me build this out? And if I decide I don't want to do it, then we don't do it. If I want to host a class at my local salon on my own, then I do it. So I think I have a great setup. And for right now, it's really working with my lifestyle. Yeah. I really love how you talked about the timeline and you went really slowly to make your decision. I think for students and brand new professionals who are hearing this, a lot of them, I don't would, I don't think that they would think to go so slowly. Because I think that, and I say this obviously from just personal experience, but I know back then if that was a path that I wanted to go on and there were options available, I think I would have quickly taken those options and maybe not have gone so slowly to really have been 
thoughtful about those decisions. And I really appreciate having those conversations about take your time, go slow, research the people, whether it's a brand or agency or or group or anything else that you're looking into, especially as a newer professional and do the research and and figure out that relationship. Because I think that those things are so important. And again, from my own personal standpoint, I would have jumped so quickly into something. And so I just, again, I really appreciate that conversation because I definitely, for anyone listening, do take the time, take the time, go slowly. Don't jump into anything too fast. Absolutely. And Mm I think, no, again, I want to be clear. I know that if you are somebody who wants to educate, you have a, a voice that is driven by some kind of purpose. Okay. So if that's where you're coming from, you got to protect it. You're the only person who can deliver it and you have to be able to deliver it when you have rest. So think thoughtfully about it. Don't be hasty because what I would hate to happen is you rush into the wrong situation. It burns you out and no one gets to hear that purpose that we need. So they're always will be a time for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Elisa, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Kind of, cause you have a, such a wide history with like brands and education and independent education. Like where's your kind of thought with jumping in headfirst into that education oh, realm? I love that. I don't know. This is just like feeding my soul. <laughs> I'm just like, because it is one of those things that I think at my my background is going, being with a brand, and that's where I found that I education evolved for me, and it wasn't something I initially got into when I started doing hair. I started doing hair 20 years ago, and then 10 years in, I'm like, eh, I feel like I want to start doing more. You just feel like you want to evolve. And so education came by way of a brand for me. And I never, you never really see the full scope because once again, I think Annie said this and you even said this earlier too, Mahela, it's more of, you don't have all the options in cosmetology school. It's just pass the state board, get onto the floor, those things. And so educating and then with the brain, you start seeing things that are voids or gaps and Mm -hmm. things that are missing. And that's what was starting to happen. And it from there made me look at hair and look at what I wanted to educate. That voice started bubbling up in me. And I'm like, oh, that I think this is what I need to say. And I think it's so amazing to hear and, and encouraging to hear that you can, it's okay to take your time because I do agree with you. It is, I'm a very, I like to analyze something and think about it and really be thoughtful about it before I move into it and see is it something that's meant for me. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's amazing that you spoke to that because I think now we're in the space, especially in the industry where you feel like you have to jump and move so quickly. And go, because if not, you're going to miss your chance. Are you going to miss your opportunity? Are you going to miss your, you won't get out there. And it's, but at the same time, if you jump out so quickly, then people are going to look at you and what do you have to say? <laughs> they're, yeah. they're immediately going to be like, well, what do you have to say? So you caused all this attention. Now, what do you have to say? So 
I think it's beautiful that you really spoke to that thoughtful piece of you really. And also I'm jumping back to something else that you said that I really wanted to highlight, like you speaking to the importance of you had a group with you, like Mm -hmm. your mentors, the importance of those, because I think I'm the same way your mentors, they know you and they know these nuances and know what's going to be around. I love that you really spoke to that. And I'd love for you to speak more on what, how to find for these, for people who are listening, like how to really connect and know the differences between a mentor versus someone who would be a sponsor or someone who would speak out and promote you, but someone who's really pouring into you and, and what that is for you. Yeah. Um, it's a great question. I think that the first thing is for me, just a strong sense of self and being honest with yourself about where are my that has been huge for me. And I feel like that's something that has led me to my mentors because I was aware of my own blind spots and I was, I meet and interact with folks. I, my ears are open to hear what can I get from you as far as learning from you, from what you've done. Mm -hmm. I'm inspired by what you've done and I want to soak that in. And so I'll tell you something, and this is very, again, it's a bit of a nuance, but when I go in the spaces, if you're going into a class, you're in a new salon, my mom always told me walk in full so that you are ready to give. Okay. And when you're ready to give and you're walking in full without a deficit, you can hear things clearer and you're like, I, okay, I know where I'm at. So who's everybody in here? I want to learn more. And that allowed me because that's how I met my first mentor, Mike Varela. I went to a class of his and I listened to him talk and I was just receiving like everything that he was saying. And after class, I said, you know what? I think you're the right person who's going to help me to elevate my cutting. And I want to learn more from you. And another thing, especially for students, if you make that plunge to go speak to someone and say, I want to do X, Y, Z, follow up with, make that connection. That means so much to folks when you say, hey, remember after class, I want to come take that one-on-one with you. Let's just get scheduled. Let's just, let's put it on the calendar. And that's what I did with Mike and it's built our relationship. And I think that slow and steadiness, it adds to the relationship as well, because over the past six years that I've worked with him, we, I have visited him at one of his salons. I went to his next salon. I've seen him as he went online. I saw him and brought him when I went into this new salon at a new space. So I've seen him move through his career as a senior and someone I look up to. And I don't mean senior citizen if you're listening to this. But watching him move, I've learned so much. So that um, he's one of the mentors I referred to. Another one, her name is Brie Abel. She was a local Silas here in Portland, moved to Houston, and then is now heavy in the content creation side. And so for me... Again, watching her move through her career, things that I thought of moving states, restarting over with clientele, then switching over to content and how she did that. She's also a single mother, a Black woman. So 
Look for mentors who are like-minded, doing things that you would like to do or you're curious about. Be about what you're saying to them. Don't waste their time. Make those connections. Follow along on their journey. And you will be so surprised. I've had moments where I feel like I'm able to encourage people who have guided me through my career with more experience than me. And so that's the other part about walking into rooms full. It's a mutual exchange. It's not just take. I'm hopefully listening and building relationships with these folks. Yeah. What do you do to set yourself before you walk into a room? What, What allows you to be full? Yeah, thank you. Honestly, for me, it's my faith. For me, having a moment where before I walk in anywhere, it's just use me, be my peace. Let me, let the words that I'm saying speak to somebody in the room. I don't think that it will, I know that not everybody comes from that place, but I just say, find something to ground you and take a moment to breathe with yourself and set an intention before you go into a room, whatever that looks like for you, because it doesn't have to be tied to faith, but be intentional because one thing that we forget as stylists is we have a very social career, but it's business. So when you walk into that room, even if it's just a hair jam and it's not even a paid event. Be intentional. Today, I want to make sure I connect with at least two people and I want to meet up with them after this event. And I do think that for especially the students listening or even someone who's been in the industry, if you're looking for a fresh take, being intentional when you go into these spaces where there's other stylists, you could you could be missing out on it right there in the room with you. So yeah. look for it. Yeah, that's such great advice. Mm-hmm. I think it, yeah, it like for me, it like really hits like pretty deep too. Is like with what you're saying of it not only is a mutual thing, but if you're able to go in full and grounded, like you really can give so much more of yourself in aspects that we may not even realize as people. Like we're going to be able to, I think, communicate better. We're going to get our point across better. People are going to be more willing and open themselves to be able to hear those things. Cause I think that we're coming from a place of, of gratitude and we're wanting to give something to other people. It's not just a, okay, you paid to be here. So here's the information, but it's let me share this part of myself with you. And so you can grow and be a better person also. And I think that's such an important thing for anyone listening. I think that's such a great thing to do every day before class, whether you're going to a cosmetology school or you're going through an apprenticeship in a salon or however it is that you're on your career path right now, show up every day. And I, oh my gosh, that is the biggest takeaway I'm personally taking is that hit pretty yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's, yeah. so, that's the only way to walk through life. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just sitting there processing that. That's so... I know. I am too. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like it. Yeah. Because then you think about it and you're like, that's what, that's, you just put in the words what you think, wow, that is that what that that is what we should do every day and every moment and i think yeah how much are we leaving on the table when we're not showing up just with our hand open like just letting it pass i I like to tell people you want to be a conduit just like allowing it to flow through you and um and not trying to stop it or close it off or because then you miss so much so many beautiful 
things. So I, I love that you shared that. That's something and that's something that's so needed and the message is so needed. And I, I love that. If I could, like, yeah, just like. Such a good thing. I don't know. Yeah, people who are listening, it's the way I think it would set your journey in this career on such a good path if you walk through it like that. Exactly what you just spoke and just being open and being full when you show up to a place and looking at it as an exchange. Not just coming in, what can I get? But I want to give as well. So mm-hmm. I I love that. What would you tell yourself, like starting out, knowing what now, just to this point, what would you say to yourself, that little Cosmo baby? <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> what advice would you give yourself? Honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is trust yourself. And just trust the vision that you have and don't stop until you get there and know that it is coming. It's coming and just be validated with the things that you know and the right folks will always hear it. And just don't be deterred by people who, if somebody can take the time to tell you, you are not it, then they are not the person who needs to be talking. To you, like time in their life, they have their own problems. And I've dealt with that because I just some, there were times in my early career where I knew that I had a vision and I was not in an environment that supported it. And it would be so easy if I wasn't aware of my own self and if I didn't have my own community outside of that space to be discounted and say, oh, no, I've done something wrong. I'm not in the right space. And I'm so happy that in those moments, I was able to look around and say, oh, no, I'm not in the right place. I got to I need to move on. And I quietly moved on. And I have great things to say about every place I have been in my career. So I don't walk around with a chip on my shoulder, but you have to believe in your own vision first. And if someone else shoots it down, then yeah, just tell yourself, okay, noted. I'm in the wrong place. Let me find my next move. (laughs) And, but it took time of seeing myself like rebuild and be confident in that process. So that's what I would tell little old Mia, just be like, trust yourself. Like you're, you're good. And always leave places on good terms. Don't burn any bridges. Just if the door closes, just let it close and move on because carrying that with you is only keeping you farther away from the goals that you have. Absolutely. I agree. I just have to say, I am so grateful (laughs) to be doing this with you today. Appreciate you coming on here and sharing. And I feel like exactly the information that needed to be shared, like we were able to talk about. And sometimes that doesn't happen, which is why I want to say that because, like, it just, I don't know. Like, for me personally, I believe like the universe provides us with exactly what we need, like when we need it. And I think that this conversation today is definitely like one of those things of this hit the nail. I absolutely me. agree. I absolutely agree. I think it's just, thank you so much for, I just say that I'm so thankful to share space with you. I'm so thankful that you're in the community and you 
are you're pouring into this community that we all love, that we love here and we love being able to touch people. And I'm so thankful that you are sharing who you are with us and with our community. It's, it is helping evolve and grow our community. I'm so thankful for you. Yeah, I really am. I'm just, <laughs> I really am. I just, I, I'm sorry. Just, I, I have to <laughs> say that. I feel like it's so, it, it is, um, it's just so needed and it's so good to see. Um, and it's so good to, to see that that is, it, it is something that is needed and we see it. Keep, I keep saying needed, but yeah, it's, it really is so yeah. much. And, and I'm so glad that, that you're pouring back into the community. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. like, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I know that comes from, I recognize and, and know that a lot of times what you give to people and how you give out a lot has the story behind that cre- that makes you be able to pour out the way you do. It's a story. I know that it is. And it's a lot that comes to make that essence really come through. But I just, I am very thankful. And I think every hairstylist, no matter if they just started and they're a Cosmo baby or they're a veteran, this is the reason we chose to get into this industry. And I'm just so thankful that you're sharing it with us. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so much acknowledging the journey because you right now, you might see me in this cute little pink space and coming from a place of rest, but man, the things that I have seen in the salon industry, where I started, when I walked into the salon that would be the first salon I worked at, I was using coins out of my little coin jar in my car to pay for parking. I had a baby in my ex-boyfriend in the car waiting for me as I ran in to try and meet the woman who I would be assisting for. And when I went in to meet with her to assist, she said, I'm sorry, I don't have time that I thought I would to take on an assistant. And so I can't hire you today. And I said, I don't think you understand. I just spent my last coins on parking to come here. I I need this today. And that was only in 2015, 2016. So to be here now, and mind you, that girl, that woman who I went in, I was going to say, she's one of my best friends now. And we celebrated New Year's at in my town home this past year. So you wouldn't believe it. And I can't even, we don't even have the time to get into the story but yes it is coming from a place and if you're feeling right now like how am I going to make it in this industry it's so saturated please tell those voices hush and just trust the path that you've taken and be humbled by the time it takes because such a moment as this you'll find yourself in the right place at the right time yes absolutely you have some education yes. coming up also, <laughs> some very cool classes. Um, yeah. So like, how can people learn from you? Where can they find you following you on social media? Yes, please do. So find me on socials at 1-800-HELL-YEAH, <laughs> spelled out all the way, H-E-L-Y-E-H-L-Y-E-H. 
Not to be confused with 1800, hell yeah. I'm not a drinker. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, well, I'm not, no. It's 1800, hell yeah. I am here in Portland, Oregon. I do have a local class coming up January 22nd. It's a Monday, hosted at my home salon, Kana Studio. All of the other stylists in that space are amazing, and they'll be sharing the space as I teach Curls Unlocked Style Code. It's the first of this series that is focused only on styling. Three of my existing clients are going to join us in the space and I'll be walking all the attendees through how I style three different textures. We're going to have a wonderful charcuterie table. We've got a photographer, a videographer. It's going to be a vibe at the home space. So please join us there. And otherwise, if you're a salon owner, I do travel. I do all my bookings through the Left Brain Group. Shout out to Aaron, the owner of the Left Brain Group. And also feel free to just send me a DM. Send me a DM open the conversation if you're looking for education that is tailored around your staff around you a one-on-one curls unlocked is my jam and for me curls unlocked is very translatable it's not just one thing but essentially what i'm doing is translating texture highly textured hair and how to approach it i cut it i color it i do all of it and as we mentioned in this in this um recording i'm not brand loyal. So I will work with any brand that you want to within your space. So let's just get the conversation going. I want to chat yes. with you. Absolutely. Something that I like to mention all the time too, is that with us, the hair nerds, something that we talk about often is that not all education is created equal. And this is something that like, like I have gotten to watch your journey online so far. And this is something that I like fully believe in. And like, I want to bring you into all of the salons that I know. This is education that I think is so meaningful and powerful and foundational. And like, I truly believe that everyone should be taking classes with you, Mahela. Like, seriously, like I, from people that I know have taken your education, the salons that you have been in, like, I fully, not that my stamp of approval is needed in any kind of way, but I like take these classes, like people listening, go follow, go take these classes, get involved in this community, take this education. This is worth the money. A hundred percent. I, yes. <laughs> yes. And you're invested in yourself. So yes, yes, it is an investment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I know. I'm like, Alicia, we should, <laughs> we should go to Portland in January. Yes. Always. <laughs> I know. Always in Portland. And I'm like, Tell me when you're there. <laughs> I know. I'm like, Mahila, I will be seeing you now when I'm there. I'm like, why, now, why have we not seen each other? <laughs> you will. <laughs> that means the time. It was time. Now it's time. That's what it was. Because <laughs> I know the spots. Okay. So, <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yes. This was yeah. such a joy. Yes. I, again, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful, Mahela, you took the time today to chat with us and all of our listeners. Alicia, thank you so much for being my co-host today. Um, And for all of the listeners, you'll be seeing and hearing Alicia with me more often in the future. She is going to be a special co-host with me when Russell isn't available. And so I am definitely looking for more, looking forward to more conversations with Alicia. Thank you. Awesome. We will catch everyone next time. And thank you again.